0: Welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and New Age
1: enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. Hey guys, we're back and it's just Rebecca and I today. And we wanted to talk about some mental health stuff because Rebecca has been feeling
0: some heaviness, right? Yeah. For the past few weeks. Yeah. So we're recording this on, what is it today? Today's February 18th, my niece's 18th. birthday. Mm-hmm. It's whose birthday? Niece. She's 11 today. Oh. Um,
1: I sent um, she doesn't know this yet because I haven't seen her in person, but I bought her like a load of Harry Potter stuff, including a Hogwarts letter. Cause it's her 11th birthday. I went nuts. I've been waiting for this day oh since she was born.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Mm-hmm. Can I have that on my next birthday? <laughs> yes.
1: Remind me in October. This is what you want. <laughs>
0: okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's February 18th, 2021 and, um, it's, we're almost out of Mercury retrograde. We come out of Mercury retrograde in like the end of this week is like when it's over and, you know, I'm all like, I know what Mercury retrograde is. I'm all prepared. I know what to expect. And, you know, I even did a workshop on like how to, you're like survival kit on Mercury retrograde. And still it's like, boom, hits me so hard. This is probably the worst Mercury retrograde I've ever had. And, I've never like, I, before I've had like, it's been more surface level things like, oh, it's annoying because like I have tech issues or miscommunication with loved ones. And I'm aware of that. So I'm like, that's not the problem this time. Like the problem this time is like deep, raw, emotional, like turmoil in a way. And like of that or like numbness. And you're not the only one who's been feeling it because
1: you said, and I've heard from other people too, like one of my friends and I were chatting this morning saying the past few weeks have been really hard for her as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so many of my clients are feeling the same. So many of the beautiful people I work with have like the same, like either human design as me or like North nodes as me and stuff. So we're all obviously like probably, you know, got lifetimes and lifetimes together and stuff like that. And a lot of my friends um, who I've spoken to are like going through it at the moment, like literally like, you know, when you're underwater and you're like, you can see the surface, but you just like can't get to the the top. It's kind of like that. And I just think we should talk about it. Like, why shouldn't we talk about it? It's not taboo. It's not a weakness, even though it's been made to, you know, you're made to feel like it's a weakness, especially if you work as like a healer or a coach or like something like that. You're like, you can't be, you can't have down days. Like you've got to have it all together. And yeah.
1: crazy to me that we even think that though, because it would be like the same thing as saying like oh gosh, like you can't ever catch a cold. You can never yeah. ever have the flu. You can never have a stomach bug because you have to be above that stuff. Yeah. It's different for mental health where we assume those things, but having depression or anxiety is literally as common as catching a mm. cold. Yeah. We view it so drastically differently.
0: Yeah. We, we view it so differently. And, and, and what I found is like, I kind of spoke out about it more this time like to my family, to my partner. And like, they just don't know what to do. Like, they're like, oh, oh, like, you know, they don't know what to say. Like, oh, it's going to be okay. Or like, you know, like, oh, you know, it's like, everyone's going through it right now because of the pandemic. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, that's not what I want to hear. You know, it's like, it, it made me realize how no one, not many people get it. Like, not many people get it. And it's like, I'm not blaming them or saying that they're purposely not getting it. It's just that we don't get it. Like, and I didn't get it until I experienced it myself. And now I have like empathy for anyone who's going through like mental health and like super low or numb like f- moods. And obviously, I understand why I've been through it because I, I have to go through that kind of thing really to be able to work, do the kind of work that I do. It's kind of like, how could I do that if I didn't, if I can't relate or if I can't like, you know, emphasize, em, em, what, how do you say it? Empathize? Empathize, <laughs> I was going to say emphasize, <laughs> empathize with One people. Of those words. Yeah, but like, and yeah. that's like, I don't know, I could be wrong in thinking that, but I, 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 I believe everything happens for a reason and I'm not like ashamed of it. And I'm not like, Oh, I wish it didn't happen because it's kind of like cracked me open and I can see things like so differently now. And like a big thing, a big reason why this all triggered is because I've been unwell, like physically my health has been not good. I've had no energy. I've not been able to get out of bed. I've not been able to like do anything Like that, I would normally do. Like, I've not been able to do like energy healing work because it's like so draining, which we spoke about on another episode. And because of that, um, it made me realize how my relationship with food and my relationship with my body and um, my relationship was so constrict, well, like, was so restrictive. And controlling. And I just realized that like in the past two weeks, so, you know, there is a silver lining for me in this uh, situation for sure, but it still doesn't help the fact that some days I feel like I don't even know when I'm going to feel like not normal again, you know, like my normal self again. Yeah. Some of the signs of depression that people don't
1: really see as depression are uh, there's a word called anhedonia feeling like the things that you used to love to do. You don't have the energy for, and I know that's a big one for a lot of people suffering from depression. It's like the stuff that you normally would jump out of bed to go do. You just don't have the energy for the moment yeah. And when that happens. I usually tell people from a therapist perspective, just lean into that for a minute and just let yourself rest let yourself mm. have time cuz if your body doesn't want you going and practicing kundalini right now yeah honor that take a yep. little while take a break and allow yourself to just lean into the wisdom that your body has it's telling you to take a break for a reason so yeah but the reason and just let yourself lean into that and eventually you're going to get back on the horse and go do it but just like you said before i feel like a lot of people don't understand to talk to you about mental health. Like when you're going through something and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so fucking anxious. And you're like, please, someone just like sit with me and hold space for me. And everybody's like, Ooh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Or like, why don't you just do
0: like, it'll be okay. Like
1: We're so quick to push it off. Like other people don't know how to hold space for you. So they just want to give it back. Don't share that with me. Take it back. Take it back.
0: Yeah. Don't let me yeah. Have- and I think they're afraid of saying some, the wrong thing or they're afraid. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they also think that you don't want to talk about it. So they're kind of like, it'll be okay. Don't worry, but I'm here for you. But then there's no kind of like opening for you to say how you feel. Like mm-hmm. I, I get that sometimes. And then, oh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh yeah. The, the, what you're saying about resting, like, I was so funny, like I've been on this journey for like, I don't know, last year I was working so much. I was overworking, I was knackered and I didn't stop. And then I'd get like bad health issues or I would have to stop because I was exhausted, but then I'd kind of like have a little rest. And then as soon as I felt better, I got back to it because like my... I guess my reward system or my way of believing that I'm rewarded is through productivity and getting things done. And, um, and, and I, I genuinely believe that this is like an accumulation of not listening to my body, not listening to the universe when it's like rest, 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 and thinking that I'm resting by just like, having an hour between sessions and like being on my phone or like thinking I'm resting. Cause you know, I got eight hours sleep or something, but like, I haven't been resting. I haven't been resting. And, and this is what knocked me out to the point where I couldn't do anything. Like yeah. I couldn't do anything. And like what you said, I had no desire to do anything. I didn't want to do Kundalini. I didn't want to do my Moxa. Um, that's what it's called, right? Moxa. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to eat like I didn't want to prepare foods. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to uh post on social media. I didn't want to uh have new clients. I I didn't want to do anything. Like I had no desire.
1: Mhm. It's so hard when you get into that state too, to pull yourself out. When I had cancer, it was 2 years ago now, but it feels like honestly it feels like it was yesterday sometimes. I fell into the deepest depression and I stayed there for a long time because getting that diagnosis at such a young age, I was 29 when I found out it was the week of my 30th birthday. So happy birthday to me, which is interesting, but I spiraled and I fell out and nobody knew what to do for me or how to help. And in truth, I didn't even really need them to I just needed people who understood that that was what I was going through and then gave me the space to just be miserable and to cry all the time and to not do the things I normally do. But it's also hard because then it's like everything that you built up to up until that point, you're afraid it's going to go away. Like you're talking about the productivity and the clients and like, I'm not posting on social media, which is really business related. And then you freak out about what's going to happen if I take this step back. And after I went through cancer and came out of it and healed emotionally and physically and mentally, I came back stronger. And I know a lot of other coaches in the industry, some of whom we've had on the podcast, who have said that they have had to take. A month or two off entirely and just go and be miserable somewhere and just hide, but they can't do it in public because it's like, I'm a healer. I'm a very important person. People look up to me for strength, but I think the strength lies in our ability to say, I feel bad right now and I'm really tired and I don't have the energy to do anything. And I'm probably just going to cry and wear the same clothes for six days and not shower (laughs) for a while
0: because that is being a human. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. And, um, one of the things that you said, oh, my mind's gone blank now. You just said so many things. That I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, oh yeah. That <laughs> I think was it. It's just ramble. <laughs> no, but it's good rambles. It's good. Um, one of the things that you said, which really like is the same for me. And it, I hear it from a lot of people that I work with as well. Is like, if I take time away, then what's going to happen? And I used to work in recruitment, which is sales. And it was so like, you know, that even like your managers would like really make you feel bad if you wanted to go on on holiday because they'd be like, oh, who's going to look after your desk? Like, especially because I did a freelance desk. So I'd build up my freelancers. And uh, we kind of spoke about this on the first episode where it's like a dog eat dog thing with some recruiters where you're kind of like, oh my God, who's going to look after my desk? And then you kind of just think, I'll keep working, I get more commission. Oh, I keep working, I get more commission. And you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And that's kind of like the modern day slavery thing, kind of in a way, right? <laughs> And, um, and now you just saying that just as like, yeah, exactly. Like my followings going down, you know, like I'm not engaging with people. I'm not, I'm not out there. I'm not, you know, in their, not like in their faces, but I'm not like in their in their space, like, Hey, here I am. Like, do you want to work with me? Um, and that can be scary. Cause you think, well, hang on a minute. Like I've built all of this up. Is this going to crumble down, and 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 most people will think yeah and then they'll just keep going and then but but it won't crumble down and I, I just have to keep telling myself that though I'm like the numbers are going down my following's going down but that's okay because it's going to go back up again and that's fine like your following is always going to go down anyway you've always I mean I I lose followers every day like every day my following goes down mm-hmm. but like and that's like not what I'm doing it's more of like bots or whoever is like following me whatever like follow and follow kind of thing yeah um but but yeah like I think now like like there's so many people who need to have a break and honor that
1: Mm -hmm. I love losing followers every time I lose followers I feel like good now the people who are meant to find me, the people who are meant to hear my message, who are really needing what it is that I'm putting out, the message yeah. isn't being diluted by the energy of the ones who don't need it or yes. who shouldn't be here.
0: That's the way to look at it. Exactly. Yeah. You have such a on point mindset. <laughs> Teach well, us. That's <laughs> well, it's
1: sort of what we were talking about right before we hopped on today, yeah. it did not come easily for me but I don't really feel those big swings anymore of highs and lows with Mercury.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm experiencing highs and then lows. And I'm like, I just want to level the fuck out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't take full credit for this because I study a lot of Joe Dispenza and his work because it's so closely aligned with what I do coming from that cognitive neuroscience background and psychology background. And he was the one who introduced the idea to me, that we can really control our body and our mindset with a thought, that a thought can change everything about the way that you see your world. And so it's not just the gravitational pull of Mercury retrograde that makes you feel like you've got the dropsies or like your technology or your communication aren't working. It's also mental where mm-hmm. when you know that it's coming and you feel like it's coming, you yeah. actually create that reality with that thought, your thought changes your experiences, which change your emotions, which change your physical reactions, which change your thoughts. Yeah. And so the same can be true in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I honor the moon, but I do not believe that the moon controls me. No,
0: exactly, yeah. I do not consent to the moon controlling my emotions. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) So when things like this come up, if I feel a twinge of something, like I feel like, um, say, a heaviness, which happened to me yesterday, but there's a reason why, and I'll talk about that in a minute. When I felt that heaviness... I immediately just took a deep breath and closed my eyes. And I had the thought of just seeing all these amazing neurotransmitters pumping through my body and having um, serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine exploding out. So what
0: would that look like? Describe it. So chemicals get released from
1: the amygdala and the hippocampus. That's like the area of the brain that's in control of emotions. And they literally just look like little balls. Fireworks kind of thing. Yeah, like little balls, essentially, okay. is what they look like, and uh, yeah. when they pass through the nervous system, they get picked up by a neuron, which sort of looks like um, like your hand connected to your arm, and yeah. all the different fingers have receptors on them, okay. and so they get picked up by these receptors, and then they travel all the way down the length of that arm and shoot out the other side and get picked up by another neuron. Okay, and so I just visualize that in my head. And yeah. where are they on your whereabouts on your brain? Like at the front, or the side, everywhere. or the back? Everywhere. everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Your brain is all neurons. That's all the wiring that you have. Okay. And so you just imagine exploding out. But the the area of the brain responsible for your emotions, that emotional center, is literally sort of like right at the very center, sort of like close to where your ears are, but in the center.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that on Jonas Dispenser. It like,
1: hooks out like this. I wish you guys yeah. could see this, but if you yeah. Google this and just YouTube like the emotional circuit and see it, you yeah. can just visualize it. And so I just for a moment have the thought of all these amazing neurotransmitters exploding out. And when they explode out, I feel just within my body, I'm like, and warmth is spreading everywhere, and love is spreading everywhere. And I feel so good. And I change the thought, which changes the emotion, which changes the physical experience, which changes the thought. Mm-hmm. And I change that whole thing around with the power of my mind. That's so that was amazing. something that, yeah, I had to learn that. And it's not something that comes quickly or overnight. It comes with a lot practice. of practice and a lot of dedication yeah. to it. But you are the master of your feelings, not the other way around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you aren't your thoughts. And that's the thing. Like, um, I I guess what really got to me was like my whole like my brain was racing because I'm very much like in my head anyway like I'm a mental projector like my brain is what uses the most fuel like I eat for my brain power apparently according to Human Design and I'm an air sign so like I'm very in the intellect and um like my brain was just rushing and like going like a million miles an hour and my body was just like so numb and just like, so, like I don't know how to describe it other than numb. So it was like a war between my mind and my body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so not compassionate with myself at the beginning, just because I'm not used to, I'm compassionate with myself when I'm good, when I feel good, of course. I'm like, yay, well done, Becky. You're so good. Da, 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 da. But when it matters, yeah, I'm like my own worst enemy. And that was like when I did some proper inner child work and like shadow work where I sat in the bath. And like I would switch places in the bath to like talk to different aspects of myself, kind of what um, another uh, guest of ours, Francesca, was talking about, aspecting. And um, when I did that, it was really powerful. And it, for the first time, the next day I woke up and I wasn't so heavy. But then with time, I kind of like the heaviness came back again, and the, the numbness came back again. But yeah. Some Sometimes I think like you just have to ride it out and you can't push it and you can't try and yep. try and speed it up and you can't try and just click your fingers and not be sad anymore. I think sometimes you yeah, just have to fucking it. wear your fluffy pajamas, grab some food that you like and sit in front of the TV and just chill the fuck out. Like sometimes yep. that is what's needed.
1: Yeah. I talk about this story a lot, especially with like, um, like non-woo-woo news sectors, what I'm talking about, the Wellness Collective. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I spent three days trapped in my room crying. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to my kids, sorry to my husband. I was like, I love you guys, but I'm, you're not gonna see me for three days. Yeah. And I just was miserable, like snot everywhere, crying. Like my hair was a mess, like tangled up knot. I just laid in bed and I cried. Yeah. And I needed those three yeah. days. Because when you experience something heavy and it doesn't even have to be that heavy, it can just be like, you don't understand where the feeling's coming from, but you feel like shit. You have to honor that a little bit and go, my body is obviously trying to tell me something. Yeah. You can't just get past that. You have to honor that process. But when you catch it early enough, then when you start to recognize and really tune into your body, you can just kind of like switch it a little bit, sort of like yeah. pulling the lever on a train track and switching it from track A to track B. You're like, Oh, we're not going that way. We're, we're going the other way now. Yeah. But all this stuff comes with time. And it also comes with the strength to admit your own weakness and to be vulnerable and to let yourself understand that you're a human and humans have mental health as much as they have physical health and our energetic health. There's so many layers to us and we just pretend like some of those don't exist.
0: Yeah. And we're like the generation that is doing all of the dirty work. Like we're cleaning up so that the generations after us don't have to do as much work as we're doing. And it's tiring and it's draining. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do this. I just want to like, I just want to be a normal person, whatever that is. And I just want to like go on holiday and enjoy myself. But I know that I'm such a deep person and like, uh, BP, who is an amazing astrologer, who I interviewed yesterday for my community high vibe tribe, w- we were talking about how I'm a um, my south node is in the eighth house, which is ruled by Scorpio, and my mid heaven is Scorpio, and she was like, "That's deep, you know, like I'm deep, and I don't want to be deep sometimes. But <laughs> sometimes I can't help it, and like that's the thing, like I feel." a lot. Like I feel a lot. And yeah, I'm just navigating my way through and I'm never going to be perfect and I'm never going to have it all figured out, but I'm, I'm the lows are shorter and they're less time. Whereas before this used to happen and it would last like for months, you know, which is actually really common. An
1: average depression cycle lasts roughly around six months.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: We don't talk about
0: it. People don't know that typically. Yeah. Okay. And it's- people feel so alone uh-huh. and, and there has been a lot of campaigns for mental health, like speaking up and everything, but I think it's still, there's still a long way for us to go. And I don't know if you watched um, the Britney Spears documentary. I did. Oh my
1: yeah. God, I did. I had to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Same. Devastating, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, heartbreaking. What,
0: like, ugh. I'm, ugh. I'm
1: curious for anybody who hasn't seen it, this documentary is sort of cataloging Britney Spears's rise to fame and then the conservatorship that took her over and how the media was used to make her look like a crazy person. And at the end of it, it stripped away all of her basic rights as a human being. And if that were to happen now in a time like this, it never would have been able to happen because the way that it started really was about over sexualizing her. And then in the process, Every media outlet basically calling her a slut or a whore yeah. and demonizing her for doing it. Yeah, and
0: telling, saying that she just like was not fit to like look after herself. And it
1: started when she was really young. Like she was... Pretty young when her first song came out and immediately the media was asking her questions about the clothing choices and
0: she's putting up mixed- she was a virgin like like right. asking her in like a, a room live on tv are you a virgin like how mortifying
1: and gross and that would never fly nowadays or even like justin timberlake's responses after they broke up of saying that she wasn't a virgin and he had slept with her like yeah
0: and then the fucking song cry me a river like mm-hmm. how brutal is that I thought that finding at the time, everyone against. Her.
1: I remember seeing that video on TRL and, and thinking to myself that he was a little bit of a dick for that. Yeah, and then absolutely. having that thought of like, but everybody else seems okay with it. So because you're so young and you don't yeah. understand. Yeah, this generation, Gen Z, for those of you guys who are Gen Z and listening to this, you guys missed out on some crazy times back in the day where mm. things that just never would fly now are when they were so normal, like even the clothing choices, like you guys get loose baggy jeans, like how nice we had these low rise tight jeans that were so clung to you. And I was, I was never like a fat child, but I was definitely chubby. I had no business being in those, but you had to wear them. The clothes basically at the time were like, it wasn't about the body it was oh my
0: god and (laughs) i was thinking this the other day actually i was thinking how like when you know when we look back at our parents and we see like music videos from the 80s we're like oh my gosh what were you thinking like the hair and everything and i'm like i look back at myself like five years ago and now and i'm like what was i thinking like we are evolving so quickly in 2006 danielle was an embarrassing time
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my (laughs) god i was so embarrassed it was a rough time
0: (laughs) Yeah. I used to wear such tight clothing. Like it was unnecessary. And then I would just always have to be sucking my stomach in because I've always had digestive issues where my stomach would bloat, but I would just have to suck it in. And I would just be miserable wearing tight clothes when really I could have just not worn tight clothes. And you could not talk
1: about mental health back then. Like I remember choosing to study psychology in school and people would ask me what I was going to do with it. And I talked about, I might be a psychiatrist, I might be a therapist. I don't know if I want to do the whole med school thing. And people would immediately go, Ooh, but aren't you afraid to work with crazy people? And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? And that would happen all the time. And this is in 2006, 2007, 2008, where I would just get these questions constantly we are afraid of our capacity as human beings and about just being human. And now all these years later, we're getting so much better about it that we can have conversations like this and be so honest. Like I feel fucking tired and I've been sleeping for three days and I don't feel like going to work. And I don't really know what I want to do. Like the friend that I said, had a conversation with me this morning. She said, I even thought about giving up entrepreneurship And I said to her, like, that's huge because she's a pretty prominent person in the Philadelphia community. I was surprised, but also not surprised because as human beings, we have those moments and it's normal. It's so normal. So we need to make it more normal to speak about it.
0: Yeah. And that's what I want to do is I want to talk about it. And even though I still feel like um, a bit of shame when I talk about it. Cause I think, oh, I should have things sorted. Like I've studied coaching. I'm, I'm a healer. I work with the Akashic records, which is like so high vibrational, but sometimes I'm just got to remind myself that I am a fucking human being and I have a dense body. And, you know, if I'm not looking after that body, then it's not a match. Like I'm working with this amazing Ayurveda, um, incredible woman at the moment who is helping me so much because what I realise is that I have eating disorders. I have like disordered eating. I have restricted my eating so much in the past. I have never had like a very healthy uh, connection with my body, like body dysmorphia. I don't see what other people see. And, um, and that I only really, like, I knew it, but I wasn't aware of it or I wasn't like acknowledging it fully conscious. It was a yeah.
1: Subconscious
0: thing. Yeah. It was like a subconscious thing. I kind of knew like I'd say here and there, like, yeah, I, I definitely have body dysmorphia, but you know, I wasn't doing anything about it because I just believed like, Oh, you know, when I've got a nice body, I won't have it anymore. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> and, and, um and like, luckily a friend of mine was so sweet. I put this post on Instagram and she was like, I think that you need to, no, she wasn't like, I think, you know, she was like, like just throwing it out there, but you might want to speak to like a therapist or someone who can help you with your relationship to food, because I've been where you are and it's a complicated relationship and we have to eat every day. So like, you know, have a think about it. And I was like, holy shit, you're so right. And that is what, got me on this journey now to realizing like everything starts with food. Like we eat food, food becomes a part of us. What am I thinking when I'm eating that? What consciousness am I putting into the atoms of that food? You know, am I like, Oh, I probably shouldn't be eating you or Oh, I don't really want to eat you, but there's nothing else I can eat right now. You know? Um, so yeah, I don't even know. I think I went off on one then. I don't even know where that began. (laughs) we're just following the tangents wherever they take yeah. us this is a solo episode we can do whatever the hell we want yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is where we are yeah. So uh key things to think about for anybody who's listening to this and th- you may be someone who's suffering from mental health stuff and either you've acknowledged it yet or you're sort of working your way to or maybe it doesn't resonate but it might in the future or for you or for someone that you know the first thing that you should always know is that you are not alone, not even yeah. close. This is something yeah. that every person on the planet deals with many times throughout their life, just as often as catching a cold. Yeah. The second thing is to totally let yourself feel into the full breath of the heaviness. Don't try and force yourself out of it. Don't try to tell yourself it isn't real. Just acknowledge it and listen to your body and what it needs. The third thing is to find a support system of people who actually are going to support you in the way that you need. And so sometimes talking to family members or your partner can be hard because they don't want to see you suffer. So they disregard it. Either tell them, this is what I need from you. I need you to let me be sad. I need you to let me scream and cry and go through these things or be so anxious that I'm jumping out of my skin. And then I need to talk to you about it. Or if they can't do that for you, find your people, find mm-hmm. your people, whether it's a therapist or a coach or a support group online, because your yeah. people are out there. Everybody deals with this.
0: And, yeah, and you know shouldn't have it- to go for it alone, right? And
1: you do not have to go through this alone at all. And everybody experiences it. It doesn't matter who you are, or where you are in life. Like I said, some of the people we've had on the podcast already, because I do shadow work. That's typically when people come to me, is when they're feeling those lows of grief and anxiety yes. and depression because they know that there's something that needs to be pushed out of the way. Every big time healer that you've seen online and they're like pretty sparkling dresses on a beach or a mountain goes through this too.
0: Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And it could just be that they don't want to show it publicly because A, they don't have to. It's their private life. They don't have to share it publicly or they don't know how to share it publicly because it is such a... Stigmatized thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know there's times when I'll talk to people about it and I can sense, because I'm I'm very intuitive, I can sense a lot of the time what people are thinking and I can sense that even if it's not their genuine like... Thoughts, it's their conditioning. I can sense that they're like, oh, like it's like they're maybe thinking, "Mm," you know, like, do I want to work with someone who is going through that or like, you know, judging? But again, I don't mean that in a nasty way. I just can sense and I can tell. And I think it's from our conditioning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll kind of wrap this up there, letting you guys know that we love you and we support you. And if you need more support from us, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Instagram. Me and Becky are always on there. So feel free to just let us know how you're feeling and how you're doing and know that we love you all so, so much. And we're thrilled to be able to have these conversations.
0: Yeah. And we really, we felt like this was a really important conversation to have now and just so you know that you're not alone and it's normal and just don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Like I I know I can be so hard on myself totally subconsciously. Um, and just like literally the best thing that I always hear and it sounds so cheesy, but it's true. is like treat yourself how you would treat like your best friend or someone you love so much. Like if they were coming to you and telling you like, I feel weird, I feel numb, I feel depressed. Like you wouldn't be like, Oh, get on with it. Yeah. Or, you know, like someone you love, you just wouldn't treat them like that. So it's like, treat yourself like that because you're not going to get better. You're not going to heal. You're not going to feel better if you're just going to be really hard on yourself. It just yeah. doesn't work like that.
1: You just reminded me when I was studying to be a therapist, one of my earliest supervisors, he was, this, he was kind of douchey. I love him though. And he <laughs> said to me, You know, if you're up to it, the most money to be made in therapy is working with kids. And I was like, I'm not, but I'm curious why. And he said, because people will do anything for their children. They will sacrifice heaven and earth to make their children feel okay. And so you can charge whatever you want. And so when you were saying that, that's what I was thinking of, like, almost treat it like it's your unborn child or the kid that you have, like,
0: yeah, or like your, even your bloody pet, you know, like the your dog or your cats. cat or bunny. Yeah. Treat yourself, treat yourself, like, you yourself like that. that. Yeah. literally treat yourself like that. And it feels weird at first and it's not normal at first. Like if you don't treat yourself like that, it's, it's, it's abnormal for you. So you've just got to take it slowly and you've just got to keep doing it, but try and catch yourself out every time that you're being really hard on yourself. Cause we are so hard on ourselves and we don't have to be. No, we can be soft. We can be so soft. It doesn't have to be like super hard and, you know, things aren't earned unless they're hard kind of thing. Like that's just not the world we live in anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so 2004. We're not doing
0: that Yeah. Anymore. We're not there anymore we're not guys. Doing that anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, you guys, well, we love you so much and we will just send you so much love and healing energy and light. And we look forward to speaking with you all again in one week's time.